Hello, hello, hello. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to tonight's live class. And we are in for a tremendous time in the presence of the Lord. I'm trusting God that this life class is going to leave your life totally changed in the mighty name of Jesus. It's the second installment in our series in this month of May, where we're talking about financial intelligence and we're dealing with key areas of financial intelligence. If you've been missing life classes before, this is a series you do not want to miss. And I want you to go ahead right now to invite everybody you know to come and join us in this live class, whether it's on Facebook or on YouTube. I'm giving you a few moments right now. Get on your phones, send out that text message, send out that WhatsApp message, and let the world know that we are live and that the discussion tonight is going to be extremely relevant to them and it's going to be a great blessing to their lives in the mighty name of Jesus. If you're on Facebook, make sure that you share the feed also so that your contacts on Facebook can know that you are live, you are direct, you are here, and they too can come in and join us in tonight's life class. I'm so excited. Immediately after the life class, or a short while immediately after the life class has closed, um, we're going to jump on the Clubhouse app to also have a further conversation on what we would have already discussed in the course of the life class. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be from 8.30 p.m. till about 9 p.m., just 30 minutes of conversation. So you, you really don't want to miss that. And guess what? Finally, the Clubhouse app has now become available to Android phone users also. So if you are uh, an Android uh, loyalist, this is your opportunity to download Clubhouse onto your Android phone, phone also. And we can converse there from time to time. It's quite an innovative app. It's an interesting one. Um, but like I always say, you have to be disciplined with your social media use, use so that you're not spending all your time watching other people living their lives while you ain't spend no time living yours. <laughs> Hallelujah. Blessed, blessed be God. Um, next week, life class is going to be wonderful. The discussion is going to be um, around how to land your dream job. And then the following Wednesday, the discussion is going to be around how to gain, get property, how to get your foot on the um, property ladder, how to move from renting to owning property. And we really need to do that. But that's for the coming weeks. Let's talk about tonight. Tonight is going to be phenomenal, and I'm not the one that's going to be doing all of the talking. I laid the foundation um, last week, Wednesday. Tonight, we have a very special guest in-house with us who is going to um, be our resident expert, answering some of the questions as we converse. I'll add some of my wisdom, but a lot is going to largely come from her. She's a qualified chartered accountant with over 15 years experience, primarily within the private equity backed SMEs and owner managed companies. Having obtained a first class degree in accounting with computing, she went on to obtain a diploma in regulated financial services, purely in her quest to have a better understanding of personal finances. 
She's, she currently consults as a finance director for owner managed companies. She's also a wife, a mother, and an amateur property and stock investor. In her spare time, she likes to read fictional novels and catch up on her TV series. Um, she's a faithful member of House on the Rock. She's a lover of God. And um, we just thank God for her life. We thank God for her life. Blessed be God. So right now, welcome with me on stage, Sister Folake. Hey, Pastor Tami. Good evening. Good evening. Absolutely great to have you on here. Same here. How's your day been? Long. <laughs> it's been good. It's been uh, good. I came off work not maybe an hour ago, so I'm probably just still unwinding. Okay, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Happy, happy to have you on. Particularly elated and excited to have you on here tonight. Um, I know we're going to be in for a great time. Um, we already have people on tonight. I know a few more joining us a little bit later, but also a message for people that are going to watch this later because not everybody watches this live. Some people now we're in the day of video on demand. Some people are going to be watching this on their own time a little bit later. But for those of you that are going to watch it a little bit later, make sure you stay tuned all the way through. It's going to be a blessing to you as we discuss key information. Last week, I tried to lay the foundation just talking about um, money in general, particularly from an economic standpoint, and also talking about our need to um, have a right mindset when it comes when it comes to money, um, and also touching on some of the wrong mindset that we have as Christians about money. We either are falling in love with money when we shouldn't, or we are in love money when we shouldn't. We need to find the right mindset about how to manage money, how to maximize money, how to uh, not see it as an enemy, yeah? So this is extremely important for us to understand. And so that's what we hope to, um, to we now want to go for today in just dealing with the money matters and delving right into money matters. And so I'm so excited that you're going to be bringing some of those questions. But before we go in and start dealing with questions and audience, congregation, please start getting ready your questions. Before we are done tonight, we'll open the floor also for you guys to throw in whatever questions you want to ask. Um, ask us, ask Falake tonight. Let me first ask Falake, how did you come develop this passion for financial intelligence, for for money and how it works? Uh, how did you how did you come here? Some people are so afraid of money, they don't want to have it, talk about it at all. But you, I, I, I stumbled on your Instagram page and it said there, I love to talk about money. Come on. <laughs> so how did that happen? Um, let me see. I, I think, I think for me, probably money has been something that I have been interested in since primary school. So I was one of those kids who actually saved money in primary school. So from my five, nine, 
pocket money, I used to actually save some money. So rather than take it all to the shop and buy sweets and biscuits, um, I always used to keep some. It's a habit um, I had. And then in secondary school, um, I sort of, you know, a couple of friends and I, um, I read this um, verse in the Bible then in secondary school that said you'd be a lender to nations. And I can remember that really excited me because I thought, you know, it would be so much um, cooler to be a lender than to be a borrower. And obviously to be a lender, you have to have money. You know, you can't be a lender and be broke. Or So I saw people borrowing money not as a bad thing from me. It was a good thing because it meant I was a lender in, in the process. Um, I guess studying accounting in school helped. Um, I, we convinced that a couple of friends and I um, convinced the school um, to loan us money. I think I was in SS1, so probably about 14. And we convinced the school to loan us money as part of our bookkeeping project. We said, you know, how would we know how to keep books if we don't actually buy and sell things? So we convinced the school to lend us money and we opened a talk shop in school and we actually started making real profit. Um, I think maybe my understanding of money really came from then because we literally used to sit down and plan how to spend the money, make money. Um, we paid the school back the capital and every other thing was for us. Um, and it became a tradition in, in school that every bookkeeping student ran a talk shop for a year as part of their project of bookkeeping. Um, as an adult, um, I think my upbringing, because the thing about money is, I think your upbringing or the way you've been brought up really affects how you view um, money. Um, my dad did a few things um, that I probably realized as an adult helped me. So for people who have children, you know, it's it's kind of a good idea um, to do. And that was basically when I used to get my pocket money in secondary school, when I go back for a top up, my dad would always ask me how it was spent. Did you give any, how did you spend the money? And I always had to give a breakdown of how I spent the money. Um, that was the beginning of budgeting. Obviously I did not know it was budgeting at that point in time. And if I gave money to people, he would ask me why, you know, why you being, you know, the one who gives people money, you know, was there a, a, a logic for, of why you gave it to them, you know, or why you being nice or why you, be, you understand? So every time I had to go back to my dad for top up, I literally had to have my head in gear. Like, you know, you're going to be asked how you spend the money. So you have to have spent it wisely. Um, so there's, there's been a few things, you know, and when I turned 18 and got a credit card, I got stunned really badly. I started paying interest. I opened my credit card one day, like eight months after spending this money. And I was really happy to find out that, um, the payment I was making each month was not even covering the interest. So I was owing more than I borrowed. Um, and then I just started reading, you know, um, a lot of things about money is you have to, you have to read, you have to, you know, Google is your best friend. You know, in this age, you know, Google would give you the answer to everything. Um, so I, I think it's a culmination of a lot of things. So there was a natural interest. There was interest from my parents. There was interest from what I studied in school. There was interest from the Bible. Um, and then over the years, you know, I'm still learning about money. You, you can't ever finish. There's always some, going to be something new or something that reminds you to stay on track pretty much. Um, so I think a lot of it is to do with mindset. I was exposed to some mindsets that became habits pretty much. Yeah. Uh, saving for me is second nature. I, wow. I never 
had to learn how to save. I always, when I say saved, it's, it's more of the principle of if I ever have 10 pounds, it's compulsory that I should keep at least two pounds of it. Wow. Spending all 10 is irresponsible. So it's kind of like the, 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 um, you know, like you, you shouldn't spend everything. You should keep something. Um, and I think it starts from even little. Um, I, I think most of us think that it's when we have 10,000 or 100,000 in the bank that we'll be able to save. But if you earn 100 pounds and you can't keep 10 pounds, there's no way you're going to keep a thousand pounds when you get 10,000. It, wow. it doesn't follow. Falaka, you're already jumping in there and giving it to us hot. <laughs> and that's ex exactly what we want tonight, yeah? I'm particularly infused by the statement you made, that, that verse that you stumbled on um, early in your years, that I will be a lender and not a borrower. I think that's a great aspiration for every one of us to have, because I think that a lot of people won't take that to heart, number one. Number two, I'm more interested in borrowing than being in a position to lend. <laughs> and of course, the scripture also says that the borrower is servant to the lender. Yep. So yes. guess what? Maybe when you are lending all those people's money, you are acquiring quite a few uh, uh, servants. <laughs> oh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant! Really wonderful story. We can we we are already gaining some, some great bit from your story. Um, I think the next question I want to ask you, I mean, you seem to have been molded as regards money quite early in your days. Um, why do you think people struggle with gaining control of their money? It seems as if money has a life of its own, you know. Uh, we hear all of these things about save money, keep money, manage money, all of these things. But for some of us, is like the money is refusing to be saved. It's not that I don't agree. It's just that it is refusing to be saved. It's refusing to be invested. It seems as if it just has a life of its own. Why do people struggle with gaining control of their finances? Um, personally, I think it's 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 a mindset. I think majority of it is a mindset. I, I read something a um, few years ago when I was looking into just money habits. Um, and it, it, it said that um, your, your thoughts, um, your feelings um, about money is more impactful on your financial success um, compared to any mutual fund you can ever invest in. Now, if you invest in, say, stocks and shares, you're supposed to make money, technically. Hmm. But this guy said that how you think and how you feel about money is more important than what you invest in. That would, that would drive more of your financial success. So you can invest in all these things, but if, you're, if your mindset is not right, it's, it's not going to work. Because what happens is you might invest in the wrong thing or you might invest out of panic. So mm. things is people's mindsets. And a lot of, I, I, there's this thing called limiting beliefs. And it's kind of like these beliefs that you have grown up with or being surrounded with either consciously or subconsciously. So, you know, the, the best thing for, for a lot of Nigerians will hear, you know, 
money doesn't does not grow on trees you know um we can't afford it you know like who do you think is going to pay for that do you think i'm made made of money you know mm. these things they they register in the brain so it kind of like registers or you know people say you know like money is hard to get you know you you constantly hear these things and you don't actually understand how it's actually affecting you um there's a big one so most people not most people like some people quite quite a few people would say things like you know i you know i can't handle money if you say it over and over again you you you've already told yourself you can't do it so there's no of you doing it anyway mm. you know or money is you know like um a good one is um we are not taught about money in school so unfortunately they teach us how to to add one plus one right but they never actually teach us how to add one pound plus one pound and people don't actually make the correlation on the fact that if they can do maths they can handle money they, they see maths as different and money as different but if you had to go to school and pass maths which everyone literally had to do you should be able to handle money but there's this subconscious belief that money is it's um it's a struggle to handle it you know so people rather bury themselves or you know like they bury their heads in the sand so i think a lot of it is the mindset hmm. it's something one has to be conscious about either you're conscious about it or you surround yourself with people who are conscious about it and doing something about it but majority of it is just that until you make the decision and it's a conscious decision until you make the conscious decision that i am going to control my money and money should not control me come on i should be i i, I always say like i'm the i'm the chief um, executive i'm the ceo of my money you know okay. i always tell people i i love i like money i love money i don't understand you know there's this taboo about talking about money mm-hmm. hush hush you shouldn't talk about money why money affects everything we do you know mm-hmm. sitting in this room the internet we have to pay for it with money the laptop your phone everything you were using to access this platform we have to pay for with money the clothes we're wearing money the the food we ate today money so if money is used for pretty much everything in our lives it's almost strange that we shouldn't be talking about it and be able to converse about it in a comfortable way that when we see it we are comfortable about it because what happens is people see money and they panic i don't have yeah. to start panicking your yeah. brain goes into panic mode as opposed to it going into so there's a statement i don't i i i on principle i don't use i i don't say i can't afford it come on talk to me about that it's always how can i all right or i temporarily cannot afford it right now it's a temporary mm. it's not a permanent thing mm. but people view money as this big thing but as far as i'm concerned money is like this pen money is meant to be spent it's meant to make your life easy just yeah. like pen is used for writing money is a tool this is a tool and i think if people just understand that money is a tool and you own money then they would go over that fear or that thing of i can't handle it or i can't control it or i can't deal with it or i can't overcome this thing called money if it's that um you know how about how can i afford it yes how can sorry i was just reading um, a comment someone um wrote so a lot of it is a conscious 
decision is. So, so what would you what would you say the right mindset is? Try trying to surmise. Um, what's my what's the right mindset that I should have about money? Obviously, from what you've said, I shouldn't be afraid of it. I shouldn't um, I shouldn't make it seem like it's something so out of reach. What's the right mindset? I, I think so. For me, the right mindset with money is: this is my money. What do I want to do with it? I'm here to control that money. I'm here to send it on an errand. So for me, money is always going to be in two things. Either I have it and I'm telling it how I want it to be spent, literally, or I'm looking for it and I'm always thinking of how can I get it? How? What, what method can I use to get it? So the right mindset for me for money or people should look at is money is a tool. Just look at it as a tool. It, it hasn't got a life. It, it takes on the life you give it. Okay. So money is a tool. And you have to understand that if you don't, um, I, I call it, um, so obviously I budget. And I always say I give my money a name. The name can be tight, offering, mortgage, insurance, car, savings, investment. If I don't give money the name, trust me, Pastor Tammy, it doesn't stay in my account. It just goes even Come on. it's like if you take ten pounds from the cash and you spend two pounds. Ask anybody where the rest of the eight pounds is. It's gone. No one can ever identify what they use change for. You because you would use it. The first expense that comes up, you're just going to use it without even thinking about the fact that can I afford to pay for it? So I always say if you don't send, if if you don't have the mindset that I must send my money on an errand. The money will send you back instead. It will pull itself up and just walk away from your bank account. So. I, I mean that—that's just mind blowing, right? Just mind blowing. I'm so so. You've got to give a name to your money. Yep. If you don't name it, it's just going to go, and you won't know where it went. That's that's so so important. That's mind blowing to me. Honestly, is great, great stuff. We're already getting, getting here. Ah, so much money I didn't name that just left me. Oh my! <laughs> there, there's an exercise I sometimes tell people to do. If you, if you want to hit your head right, if you want to reset your brain, and I've say for maybe people who have been working right, if you go back maybe the last five years, ten years, fifteen years, however many years you've been working right, and add up all the money you have earned in the last five, 10 years and look at that money and then see how much money you have left in the bank account and then try and phantom where the money went to. Because hey. work so hard for money. I think one thing people need to understand is I go to work, right? So on in the days when we used to commute to the city, right? You, you leave your house, maybe seven, you come back seven. That's 12 solid hours out of the house. You've gone, you've exchanged your time for some people, physical energy, for some people, mental energy, for money. And you don't even know where that money has gone to. You can't even see it on yourself. You know, you, you don't have maybe things to see. You know, like, why go through, you know, you, you've, you've slaved so diligently for the money. It is irresponsible to not be diligent with it. It... <laughs> 
<laughs> it is irresponsible to not be diligent with the money you have, both from a spiritual perspective, because when God gives you that resource, he expects you to manage it appropriately, but also from a personal level where you worked hard for that money. So why won't you also be very deliberate on how you manage that money? Wow, that's absolutely, absolutely on point. I, I think I interrupted you. If not, I'm going to go ahead. No, no, go, go ahead. If not, I might. <laughs> keep All right. Well, I mean, but I mean, these are great things. But for some of us, some of us, we feel like I have a lot of responsibilities. You know, I'm a parent. I've got to take care of my home. Um, so it just seems impossible for me to do these things you're saying because all my money already has name on it. <laughs> I didn't name it. The responsibilities named it. So what okay. do I do? So I, I would say to that, if the responsibilities named it, have you actually, has one actually written it on paper to see? Because most times, we all think we don't have money. The responsibility has taken everything away. And, and I, I do know there are times when that is, you know, is, is the case, is the norm. But there is no better exercise. Now, I don't want to use the word budget because budget scares people. So I always say leave budget. Pen and paper is your best friend. Just do it the old-fashioned way. Hmm. It's your net salary after taxes. List all your bills, the major ones. List it and get to the end. What is the difference? If you earn £2,000 and your bills, your expenses are £2,500, it's a starting point. It's a daunting experience, but it's a starting point because automatically you're already, people don't even know they are minus 500 because they haven't actually done that exercise. So because money is constantly going in and out of your account, right? Bills don't always go out on the same day. So there's, a, there's sometimes a... a, a a timing delay. Some people don't even know they don't have money like that, that they are actually spending more than they earn. So the first point is to tabulate it down. If you are spending more than you're earning, as an example, the next question, the next step is, of the one I'm spending, what can I reduce? Hmm. The, the, the financially successful people are not actually the people that earn a lot of money like like salary-wise. The most successful are the ones that actually keep the most of what they earn. Because what really matters is what you keep, not what you earn. Because that's why a, a footballer can go broke. Because you, you can never phantom how someone who earns a million or two million a year can go broke. Because what, but if your expenses are two million and you earn one million, you already have debt of one million. Whereas there's a student that earns £20,000 a year. They live in mom and dad's house. Their expenses are £5,000. They have £15,000 in their bank account. Guess what? They are richer than the millionaire, straight up. You know, you might say, um, I earn a million, but they're, they're richer. So the first thing is to tabulate your expenses. How can I reduce the cost? When it comes to money, right, every penny helps. But the thing is, most, most of us would focus on saving £10,000 without starting to try and save £10. Hmm. Cutting your electricity bill from £50 to £40 is an achievement. 
that 10 pounds adds up 10 times 10 pounds times 12 is 120 pounds yes it actually all adds up if you invest that 120 pounds and leave it for 10 years that 120 pounds can become your future 1000 pounds so mm-hmm. look down on that kind of saving so you have to be diligent you have to literally go through it what can i cut out I remember cutting my sky bill one time because when I really thought about it, I really wasn't watching the movie, full stop. And that 30 pounds extra was money, you know, but the thing is you have to get used to try and to try and save a bit at a time or cut down. If you can't cut down expenses, the other part is, so how can I actually earn more money? Because when something is staring you in the face, so like my day job, most of my time is spent planning money. My my whole life resolves, revolves around cash flow at work. And usually there's a deficit. So maybe at the moment, I think like two weeks ago, I was, I was working on a million pounds deficit. I was looking for money. And I literally just stare at the cash flow. And all I'm thinking about is where can I find this money? What you know, what source? Where can I find the money? When you start asking your 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 mind where, how? You'll be amazed at the answers because the answer is either you get a better paying job. Am I in a position to do that? Or do I have a skill that I can earn more money on the side? You know, the two hours that I use. Okay, so like my my friends would know I watch a lot of television series. I'm not going to embarrass myself in, you know, right there in public to tell you what (laughs) which ones I watch. But, you know, the the two. We're both in the TV series (laughs) thing. I too watch quite a few. But I won't, I won't expose my titles now. I won't expose my titles. So the, the two, three hours that I might spend on winding at night watching them, those two, three hours, I could have used my skills to make some more money on some websites, on Fiverr or, you know, getting content or, you know, doing something for someone for extra money. You know, sometimes we spend our time making money for other people, minding other people's business, when you could have used that time to earn extra cash that would have given you more money. So th- there's only two things in this world. Either you earn more money or you cut your expense. I'm not, I'm not going to investments yet because that's part of any money, but either earn more money, but only if you want to find a way to. Pass it. This, this, is, this is so informative and I hope people are listening. I really hope people are listening because sometimes we keep the whole money thing in the clouds. We make it either over-spiritualize it or over-mystify it like it's something that can't be handled. And just like you said, there is there is outflow and inflow. You have to take charge of the outflow where you're controlling what is being expended. You're conscious of what is being expended. You're very deliberate about what you expend and you cut where you need to cut, yeah? But there's also inflow, the need to increase what is coming your way. And that might mean upskilling where you might need to spend some money to acquire more skills that increases your market value, attracting more inflow to you. You've got to, I find myself spending quite a bit of my mental space thinking about inflow because in my mindset, I've cut the outflow to the door. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, to be honest, you know, I, I wouldn't always say, I, 
the easiest thing to control is the outflow because that's one you can control literally immediately. The harder one is the inflow. So the, the outflow is usually easier, but I think depending on where you are on your financial journey, you know, before I used to cut down the outflow. Now, all I think about is if I need more money, I'm thinking about how to increase the inflow as opposed to cutting out the outflow. Um, so depending on where one is on their journey, depends on, you know, what strategy, you know, they would use um, to, to balance their books. But the main thing is you have to see it. You have to understand, you have to have a destination. You have to know. So that whole thing of, I want to be a millionaire, really, what, what kind of millionaire? You know, what, what time frame? What, what are you doing to get there? You have to have it on paper. I mean, it could be on, on an app, on Excel. The question is, what's your financial situation now? If I, if I ask people now, do you know how much is in your bank account? Or when last did you open your bank account? Are you scared to open your bank account? You know, do you open your bills? Do you actually look at them? Are you look at them? You know, like, when last did you go through your bank statement or your credit mm -hmm. card? Do you mm -hmm. know if there's anyone spending money on your credit card? Or do you only open it twice a year? If you don't open your bank statement, literally, if you don't even open your bank account, it is almost impossible you're going to become a millionaire, full stop. Because you don't even know where you are today. If you don't know where you are today, how can you plan to get somewhere tomorrow? It's like going in your car and say, I'm going to a new destination, but you don't plot your sat-nav and you keep driving and you're hoping you get there. Where is there? You haven't plotted there. So if you do not know where your finances are today, how are you going to make 10,000 tomorrow? You don't even know how much you need to make to make 10,000. Is it 9,000 you need to target? Is it eight? Is it actually 20? Maybe because you owe 10,000. So, you know, where is your money today? If you can't answer that, then... This is this is fire for like a, you're giving it to us. Oh. No, it, it, it's, it's Wednesday, you know. We sh it should be. Too <laughs> <laughs> no, this is what this is what people need to hear. Um, I like something you said earlier. Before I quickly go to the next question, and that was the need to shift from you. Maybe you didn't put it exactly this way. To think to shift from just thinking about the present, but to be able to extrapolate into the future mm. so that 10 pounds might seem insignificant now but by the time you calculate it over 10 pounds per month for a year that's 120 pounds um and to start thinking that way will both help with managing your outflow so things that look like it's a small expense actually adds up by the time it's multiplied while also even in terms of inflow, things that look like it's a small inflow, when you calculate it over time, it's not as small as you think it is. So we've got to break away from the tyranny of just seeing it as small in the moment, but be able to immediately compute how much it is in the span of a year, in the span of two years, in the span of five years, or even more. Yeah, but now we can't answer every question and it's surprising how time flies so fast. But we live in a credit society where um, we are offered credit all the time and part of the, your, your, your assessment 
in the economic circles is your credit rating. Yep. Can you talk to us briefly about the best tips on how to manage our credit? Because some of us, the pits we are in is because of the credit that was extended to, to us. And now we're quite deep down there. So how do we manage our credit? How do we make credit our friend and not our enemy? Um, okay, let me, for, for those that already have credit, um, so I, I guess there's different ways of looking at it. Like, you know, it does one have a bad credit or just to maintain their credit. So the rules of, of credit, I mean, cash is king. Credit is, uh, I think, super king pretty yeah. because it can extrapolate you pretty much. Um, and obviously in, in the Western world we live in, you know, credit is, is pretty much everything. I would say maintaining, for maintaining, say, your credit, um, credit report or credit score, rule number one, always make payment every month. Don't hide, you know, it, don't let a bill go red. They are very lenient in this country. If you know you can't make a bill, quickly call them and make an arrangement. Don't think it's going to, you know, don't sweep it under the carpet. Don't think by not opening the bill, it's going to disappear. That just makes it worse. You know, if you can't make anything, just make a payment because the way the credit system works is once you make a payment, it's kind of like registers ding that you made a payment. So try and pay something. You know, it might not be the, the, the full minimum spend, but try and pay something. That's the main thing about credit, maintaining your credit in this country is just make sure you make a payment every month. And if you can't, then have a dialogue with the providers. Now, the thing about credit is, I would say if you don't understand credit, if you're not really into credit yet, if you don't understand credit, don't touch it. Go and read about it, understand how it works first. Because once you understand how it works, you'll be able to handle it better. Credit for me is good. I, I Credit is amazing. For me, it's a lifeline. You know, the days of um, having an emergency fund to me is gone. My credit card is my emergency fund. So that credit has to be maintained because if I need money, I need to have access to a lovely bank like MBNA that is ready to advance me on 0% within 24 hours. That's key. So you have to respect you know, credit and you can use it to your advantage. You know, so that's why I say you have to learn about credit. So for example, there might be people on here, um, American Express, we use it to pay. So normally you pay for food, <clears throat> you, you earn enough to pay for food, maybe fuel for your car, um, maybe when you were going to work for transport. So all the things you would normally swipe your debit card with, we swipe it. I swipe, we swipe our credit card and we swipe the money we would already have paid. We end points and then we can use it to fly, you know, like business class, really, really cheap. So they are paying you to spend money that you would have spent anyway. But the rule is very simple. You only spend what you can afford. So I treat the credit card as if it's your debit card. So when you swipe that debit card, I'm sorry, credit card, you only swipe it as if you're swiping your debit card. So as if there's money in your bank account, because the rule is at the end of the month, you pay it off in full. So you can use it to control your money. So it was something I did in my 20s. Um, you know, the, the 27th is a very special day for me because that was payday. On the 27th like this, 
if HR just sends an email to say maybe there was an error in you know payment and payment is going to come on the 28th, you know there's some people that would just faint. I used to be like one of those people, like you know, my, my first job, like, oh my god, how could it be a day late? Because all the direct debits are going to go off the next day. You know, and I, I read and I remember reading to credit card, and I read that you can use credit card to manage your cash. So if I swipe my card today and pay for my transport, the credit card company won't take the money until 30 days later from my current account. So it means I can swipe it today. They'll take the money in 30 days time. I'll get paid tomorrow and I'll get paid again before 30 days time. So before you know what's happening, you're sitting on two months salary in your account. It's just waiting to go. But what it does is it buys you this buffer so that you're not always in a place of panic. So you can use credit to your advantage, but you have to learn about it. You, you can't just swipe your credit card because everyone is swiping it. Hmm. Knowledge is is king, should I say, in this um in this regard. The the biggest thing you can do is to be financially illiterate. So I think when it comes to the, 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 the question of credit card, I would implore everyone to literally invest in 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 learning. So uh, there's this saying that says um um if you think investment is expensive, no. So if you think um, investment education is expensive, try ignorance. Mm. You know, so some people might yeah. think if for me to it's too much money, right? But you you lose more by being ignorant. You have to. It's just one of those things. It's it's a conscious thing. Google how do I use a credit card? Google will give you all the answers. You just have to dedicate. Two hours away from either gisting with your friends, being on Instagram, being on social media, reading all the forwarded messages on WhatsApp, you know, watching TV, and just go online for that two hours and just teach yourself about credit card and how you can use it to transform. I think this is this is absolutely brilliant. I can see so many comments of people saying they've never heard about credit cards um, management uh, like this and the impact on your on your credit rate rating i think one of the rule of rules of thumb also coming from what you're saying is that you got to make sure you're paying off that card and yes. not just the minimum payment yeah. in fact so, just like you said yeah using it as if you were your debit card that means that you you are not spending what you didn't weren't going to spend anyway from your salary so you just use the credit card to to create a credit track of yourself building mm -hmm. up your credit rating and then you you make make sure you pay it off before before the due date once again from your debit now or yeah. from your bank account am i making sense yes you are so i think a lot of the pitfalls about credit card is when we use it to pay for things we couldn't afford in the first place. All right. There's a place for that because I don't want to knock that. There's a place for using a credit card to pay for things you can't afford. But you yet. Have a yet, yes. So, but you have to have a plan, you know, like I can't afford it yet, but I'm saving or putting aside X amount towards it. So if I use my credit card, then I can now use my monthly savings to pay it off so there's a place of where a credit card but it has to be a conscious effort it has to be something that's worth it you know using it to buy say a bag or some shoes well at the end of the day 
you know, it's not going to really generate anything except the shoe was compulsory. And the only shoe I see that is compulsory is like school shoes, children, pretty much. <laughs> That's one shoe you need for work, but not shoe for a wedding or a party. Now, there's a place of using credit for investment, and people do that. I have um, bought a house using a credit card because. I was able to calculate that the interest they were going to pay me, the house will make more interest than the credit card. So it was worth paying that interest to buy the house. But this is only possible when you understand, because some people will say, how can you borrow 10,000 pounds on the credit card? I've borrowed 10,000 pounds on credit card. Now, please, I'm not saying, please do not try this at home if you, you don't have a plan of what you're doing, but I, I've borrowed, taken money off my credit card, used it to buy shares, made two and a half thousand and gave the credit card company back their 10,000 and pocketed my two and a half thousand using their money. I did not have to walk, go to work to save 10,000 pounds, but I was able to, so you can use credit card to make money. So this, I don't have money. There's money in your credit. It doesn't have to be physical sweat. The bank is happy to give you that money because they are also trying to pull a fast one on you. But you also have to pull a fast one back on the bank as well by telling them to give it to you at 0% or 4.5 you know, fee. And then you go and look for something that will pay you 10%. So you now keep the difference. You have to be smart. There is money to be made in this country and they give us the avenue to make it. I mean, credit to me is one of the best things in sliced bread. <laughs> How can you have 10,000 um, pounds credit card bill? I said, but the 10,000 pounds is in a house there. It didn't go anywhere. I just moved it from the bank's account and I moved it to the house. It doesn't affect anything. Mindset, why do you think having debt equates to something really bad? It equates to something bad if you took the 10,000 pounds and I ask you, so where's the money? You know, and then your eyes, you start shifting your eyes. You don't even know where the money is anymore. And then you wow. now sweat to pay it off. And it's giving you no return whatsoever. Wow. Well, except nice nice bag and shoes, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> this is this absolutely brilliant. Um I, I teach this from the the widow that the prophet said that he should go she should go and borrow um vessels and not a few and then pour the oil and then she was able to sell the oil and was able to pay all of her debt and have plenty of more in store which I say that if you are going to borrow, borrow to invest, don't borrow to eat, um, mm. you know, because then you can have a return that gets you to be able to pay back what you borrowed. And just like the example you gave, what is extremely important for me to underscore once again, this takes discipline. And if you are not going to be disciplined with your credit and with your credit cards, don't this is don't try this at home. <laughs> Make sure you've developed the discipline. Uh, Folake has been disciplined, as you can hear from her story. She's developed very strong disciplines early, and you've got to develop that those same disciplines, my listeners. And I think another thing, because our time is fast going, another thing that's important is. Um, this is not a hundred meters dash. There's there's need for patience in building your financial capacity and your financial resources. We are all desirous to be able to turn around the finances and be a millionaire in three weeks time. 
um, but it doesn't it doesn't work that way. Those are aberrant um, situations, exceptions to the rule. The, the the millionaires are very disciplined, painstaking. They is disciplines day in day out that finally leads to that financial liberty. Um, we only have like five minutes to still help some more. I already knew we weren't going to be able to touch everything. We are going to jump on Club House app afterwards for another 30 minutes. So peradventure, um, we don't get to yours and you can come on plug, plug, Clubhouse. We'll hopefully be able to get to your question. Um, Sorry, I was, gonna, I was gonna say something. I, I don't know if, if it might help people's um, mindset, but one of my former bosses um, that I worked for was a multi-millionaire. Uh, I think it's like top 50 in the UK and um, wow. to him for three years. And he told me one thing. He said, Fowler, as obviously I'm Fowler at work. Um, <laughs> he said, millionaires are the cheapest people you're ever going to come across. They want everything free they would hustle for a discount. Now we managed a, a luxury private members club in Chelsea. And Pastor Temi, the amount of members I used to email requesting for a discount, it was a, a, a luxury gym. The, 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 fee, the, the fee alone was, um, you have a one-off fee and then a yearly fee. So the yearly fee was about 8,000, 9,000 a year. Now, if you're going to go to that kind of gym to start with, in my head, you should have plenty of money. Why for discount? They will ask for discount for the one-off fee. They will ask for discount for the this um, for the the annual one. You know, they will petition. They would be. They literally name drop. You know, spoke to Peter. Peter said we could have a discount. You know, I, I emailed the PA of the the CEO to ask if he authorized it, and he'll say no. He never did. You know, literally, he will tell me that they are the cheapest people. Even where I work now, it's luxury brand. The amount of requests we have from celebrities asking us for free products. So when you see them with those things, don't think they are spending their money. They love wow. people's money and they get a lot of things free. Wow. If they that have money are refusing to spend, if you don't have much, you should even be worse than they are. So that's, that's just... All right. As we have started to bring this to the close, I know a lot of people are frustrated that we haven't touched some of their own itches. Jump on Clubhouse. Maybe we'll be able to touch on your itches. And obviously, it's looking like we've got to get Falake back again. <laughs> Falake, I'm already extending a future invitation to you. We've got to get you back again and open more time to a robust conversation because this is important. This is critical. How do I differentiate between savings and investment and what do i how do i invest um because some people savings is the starting block yes. but ultimately we want to get to a place where my money is making money in investment can you talk a little bit about that so um as you said savings is the, is the starting block savings just means you you keep the money and it just stays say in a bank account in cash you're not interested in that money multiplying itself. It's just there for a, a rainy day. So they always say you need to have, you know, opinions differ, three to six months worth of expenses. So if your expenses every month is a thousand pounds, they say you should have savings of about 3,000 to 6,000 pounds. And it just means that, you know, God forbid, you know, if one is out of a job, they can pay their bills for three to six months. That's pretty much what it needs. 
Investment takes your savings one step further. Investment, you take your savings, which is your money, and you use it to buy an asset. And then the hope is that that asset would grow and make you more money. So it can be an asset like stocks and shares. It can be an asset like property. Um, another asset is actually buying um, a business or opening up a business and making it make money. You can buy so commodities. Um, so that's the, the main differentiation. Um, it's making that one pound become a million. I'm not sure how that's possible, but you know, if, if you wait decades, it can happen. Um, but that's it. But I would say before one saves and invests, you must tackle your debt. If you have debt, especially credit card debt or loans, you need to tackle that first before you actually even think of investing and saving because having a lot of debt, can, it can derail you pretty much. So uh, I think first things first is to, is to understand where you are debt-wise, you know, uh, how is it affecting you? And then you do your savings and then your investment. There's no point investing and something is earning you 10% and your debt, your loan is costing you 20%. It's, it's almost a waste of... Um, um, a waste of um, time and money. You're better off paying off the debt than investing. Brilliant, brilliant. Thank you. Thank you so, so much for your wisdom. We can't exhaust it tonight. We've got to have a repeat at some time soon. We're going to jump onto Clubhouse in another few moments. But before we do that, I'm going to invite up on stage one of the key members of um, the group that is called The Professionals in House on the Rock London. The Professionals is the arm of the ministry that is very focused on empowering our members career-wise and business-wise. So I'm going to bring up on, 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 on stage, fondly known, known as Otumba Lord Tim, um, to just talk to us very briefly about The Professionals. Tim. Hello. Hello. We can hear you. Oh, you can hear me. Fantastic. Great, great. All right. So the professionals are pretty much a group of uh, individuals who come from different uh, walks of life uh, in different careers. And the whole purpose of their existence, of our existence, is pretty much to help people be better in their jobs or be better. Uh, with their careers, be better at their businesses. And we do this with different, using different forums. Uh, a lot of people may remember that we've done walking clinics, uh, we've done uh, how, do you, how do you create a business plan, uh, we've done how do you survive in the workplace. And those are the kind of things we do. Uh, but going forward, we're rebranding what we do. We're kind of expanding the capacity of what the professionals do. I like some of the stuff that Falaka talked about, about using credit to buy asset. I never had that one before, so that's something I'll take away. So we're expanding the professional network really to more people within the church environment uh, who are professionals in their different field. Uh, so we'll be seeking for more people to join us uh, into the professional group as well. Uh, one of the other things we're also looking at is also expanding beyond the walls of uh, House on the Rock. We're expanding across churches uh, within the community in and out of uh, London as well. And the whole essence of that is that we can bring together a bunch of professionals across different churches uh, in London to help people achieve their dreams and their goal. That's pretty much uh, what we do and what we're planning to do. Brilliant. Thank you, Lord Timmy. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. 
Um, please, where can people hook up with the professionals? How can they hook up with the professionals? Uh, we have uh, an email address. It's uh, admin at the professionals, hotr.co.uk. Uh, they can look us up also on Instagram. We're on Twitter. And we should definitely be joining up on the bandwagon very soon on Clubhouse. So watch this space. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Once again, thank you. Thank you, Lord Tim. For Lake, thank you loads. It's been a unique um, midweek service tonight. And um, we can't close any of our services without giving an opportunity for those that are watching to be able to give to the ministry. Now, like I have severally taught in this ministry, um, this is not a magic wand. You're giving to the ministry. It doesn't mean money is going to appear in your fridge or under your pillow. <laughs> You're giving to the ministry, helps the ministry to do the things that it needs to get done. And your giving to the ministry is in obedience to God's injunction to give. And your giving to the ministry um, is a touch point for your faith where God will bless you, not with money, but with favor, with knowledge, with the knowledge of witty inventions, with divine direction, with the power to get wealth. So let's get our expectations right. And so that we are not dealing with giving in church as some form of, um, I don't know, a vending machine. <laughs> but we do encourage you to give generously to the work of the Lord. So the details are running across the bottom of the screen right now. Choose your preferred me me method of giving and please do give. Um, um, we are going to have a repeat session. I can see that there are many questions people have. They wanted to go deeper on the credit issue. They wanted advice on the best credit cards, which ones give benefit, you know, all these kind of questions. Um, well, maybe you can still chase um, Falaka down. Falaka is going to be like, Pastor Timmy, you're, you're putting me in trouble now. <laughs> you chase her down on Instagram or something, or join us on um, Clubhouse as we jump in there round about now. Um, let's, let's, um, let's close out tonight's um, service by sharing a short word of prayer. Father, um, we ask your blessings upon every giver tonight. We ask that you open up the vestas of favor and divine direction to them. And as we have learned tonight also, we ask that you help us to be very disciplined in our utilization of the funds that you um, bring into our space, that we learn how to multiply it in the name of Jesus. Let your blessings be on your children indeed. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Let's share the grace of fellowship. The grace of our Lord Jesus.